So you can't be pouring beer? No, I don't know. I can't hear anything. All right, I'm recording anyways, but I'll record real quick. So here we go. Um, all right. Welcome to uh, Beer Fish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker Seeker Tackle. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Here, do it. We'll do it again. Here, we'll do it again. Hey, we can always just cut it in there. Yeah. Well, it's kind of It doesn't weird. have to be one take. True, but it's kind of weird. We'll do it real quick. We'll do it okay. Because you can just cut this part off anyway when you put it on. Uh... All right. Thank you for joining us at uh, Beerfish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker Seeker Tackle. So make sure you guys go to whiskerseeker.com for all your catfishing gear. Enjoy the episode, guys. Grab your beers, get it ready. You guys ready to rock and roll? Ready, everything. Ready to rock and roll. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beer Fish Fanatics. This is Grandy with Mopa Fishing. We got Kit with the Fishing Kit YouTube channel. And today we have Mr. Clayton Godfrey. He's the owner of Fishing Assault. Uh, I actually been wanting, we've been wanting to get you on here for a while, but I know you've been really busy and everything. Uh, so this is kind of cool because we were just talking offline a minute ago and he's going to be showing us some cool ass stuff about his products and everything. Thank, thank you so much, Clay, for joining us, sir. Thanks for having us, guys. Awesome. And today, um, I was talking to Kit earlier. I, I didn't tell you this, Clayton, but uh, my dumb ass uh, dropped a beer in the kitchen. And you know, when you drop it and it goes and it shoots everywhere. Sure. So, yeah. So I dropped the Kelowna Brewing Company, UBU. So I was able to at least save about three fourths of it. So salvage a little bit. There you go. I salvaged it. So it's in, it's in the cup. I'm drinking that. What do you got, Kit? Uh, I got the hot mess double IPA from Kelowna Brewing and uh quick shout out to River Certified real quick. So if you guys want to check out another good podcast, go check that one out. He didn't pay me. You know, I'm just giving the giving the friend a, a shout out. That's yeah, all. Uh, we were actually on that podcast. So I don't know if uh, the episode's out yet or not. So make sure you guys do check that out. So it's um, coming up. It's coming up. Nice. Nice. Clayton, what are you drinking, sir? I got a late time brewery, a Tommy Taiwan on Thai peanut butter porter. So Ooh, nice. I'm all about supporting our local breweries. So exactly. Right, right. We, we love our Iowa brewery. So thank you so much, Kelowna. Thank you so much. Late time. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, oh, yeah. Thank goodness. I saved this Imperial Stout. It's one of the better ones. I'm telling you, even though it's 10 percent. So it's all good. <laughs> My yeah. brother likes that one, too. So. There you go. Good, good. So just so everybody's wondering, uh, Clayton, like I said, he, he, he's the owner of Fishing Assault, and he does a lot of the, the plastics in, in regards to fishing custom lures and everything. And we wanted to get him on because, number one, Fishing Kit and myself, we never seen the process. We don't really understand and know the process. We just know how to use it. Well, at least Fishing Kit does. I just pretend I know how to use it. Um, but you know, we, we wanted to get more information from, from Clayton and just understanding him and then also understanding the business, how he got into it, all that good stuff, man. So if you don't mind, Clayton, can you just tell us a little about you and, and fishing? Sure. Assault? So fishing assault was kind of a, an opportunity that presented itself back in 2018. Um, it was, it was an opportunity that I ended up buying into the company. Um, it was only a few months old and the individual that owned it. Um, really was really in the infancy stages. So um, 
we we met up with him and we made the commitment to purchase and we acquired 100 assets of of the website domain all the one fun stuff that i had no knowledge about um i really i looked at the fishing opportunity as being able to make different bait profiles was was a pretty neat opportunity but i actually i started with my 12 year old son so we went up and we looked at the business and we decided you know this was a great opportunity we acquired um and from then on we've been making all the different types of baits different colors we've generated some pretty neat profiles um, custom colors that are unique to our our fishing here in iowa um, but also making up some custom colors for folks up in Minnesota. Um, and we're currently in a magnitude of different uh, bait shops across the Midwest, um, always trying to pick up new new shops along the way. Um, but it's, it's been kind of a passion that was was built out of the love for fishing, but also to show my son that we could do something, um, if you put your mind to it, and build a company that you could be proud of. So... Um, and then Kendra, who is my better half, who um, does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff as far as the packaging. She also does a lot of our media profile uh, engagements, um, naming of all of our products, different colors, things like that. So she does a great job. And I think she does. She does probably more than I do. I do the easy, fun stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kendra. She does. You're right. She does. She's awesome, man. So if anybody gets a chance to, to meet her, because uh, I think you guys do quite a bit of uh, uh, shows and everything, trade shows and stuff. So get it. Get yeah, out. we're going to actually be up at the, uh, the Polk City's Farmer's Market again this year. So uh, Kendra brings up all of our apparel. Uh, she prints all of our own apparel for us. Um, we do a process called dye sublimation. So. Just as you can see here, these are some of the types of things that we do. Um, so it never fades, it never washes out. Um, it's, it's a dry fit kind of moisture wicking athletic type product. Um, so it's great for fishing. So, and it's, it's married very well with our company and kind of business model where, you know, not only are we building a brand, but we also, you know, as far as fishing gear, we also have the apparel, which doesn't necessarily scream fishing. So mm. uh, we have a lot of people that follow us in that regard as well. So cool. Cool. Man, yeah. It's like, it's like the definition of a family owned business right there. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. But I, I, I'd have to say that along this journey that we have kind of stumbled across, you know, we've met some pretty phenomenal uh, people and it's, it's been it's been a, a blessing to meet folks and be able to kind of get to know the fishing community a little bit more intimately, um, primarily with the different, uh, you know, groups that we sponsor and we donate products to. Uh, there's a, a kids youth fishing tournament that happens down in Kirksville, Missouri. I think they're going on their 38th year. Um, we usually donate products to them so that every kid gets a bag of bait to fish for free um, just to kind of help show our support to the community, but also um, get our name out there. You know, that's what it's kind of all about. So I, we've had the opportunity to fish with Kit. So in, in ice fishing, which was a good time when we were up at Clear Lake. But uh, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, but uh, as far as the operation goes, um, yeah, we have we have kind of developed some some customized plastics that um, I shoot exclusively just for fishing assault, which I think allows us some a little bit uh, better advantage in the marketplace. Primarily in the fact that 
all of our plastics not only are infused with JB's fish sauce, and I know that um, we, you guys had done a, a podcast with uh, Corey Weaver, uh, which is another co-owner of, of JB's fish sauce. Um, we have an exclusive line that's designed specifically for fishing assault. It's called uh, Assault Sauce, and it's JB's products. Um, but all of our plastics are infused with that. But like I was saying, with the, the types of plastics that we use, they offer a perfect amount of flexibility, but they don't sacrifice on durability. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, a lot of folks that fish, especially in the, in the ice fishing uh, time, uh, that's one thing that they've always given us a lot of kudos for is that the, the durability of the plastic, um, they can get right back on top of the fish quickly and it's not for lack of motion. You know, the, the bait still has a fluid motion to it, uh, looks very natural and definitely increases hook set ratios. So. Oh, um, can you talk about like, how do you, how do you, where do you get your ideas for like what profile or what colors or what scents when it, when it all comes to uh, these baits that you make? So that's a great question. Um, you know, obviously you're dealing with a magnitude of different options. So, you know, when we start looking at recipes for our different color combinations, you know, it's a lot of trial and error. You know, we've got some field reps that we put bait in their hands and let them test it for us. And, and it gives us an opportunity where we can get some positive criticism or negative criticism based off of the six, you know, the success of that, of that color presentation. Um, but really what it comes down to is listening to what fishermen want and trying to um, envision what they're looking for and making a product that is that's superior against what you could find in a big box chain store. Um, we also do some stuff where we'll go in and, and look at some of the bigger companies and say, you know, they've got big research and design techs and, or, or dollars that they can, they can look into these products that are working well, color choices, things like that. And not that we're stealing that, but we can try to, to, you know, emulate that in some capacity so that we're, we're not too far off in left field. So, um, but once again, as far as the amount of colorants that we have, you can kind of get a scale of all of the different, you know, color choices, and it's infinite as far as what we have available to us. Yeah. So just so that, so uh, our listeners, so that our listeners can 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 know what Clayton's doing, he's just kind of showing us the whole background of his uh, uh, facility there of all the colors that they they mix and do uh, all their plastics with. So that's pretty cool. You know, and then we have multiple different types of glitter or fleck uh, presentations that we can do, um, you know, from micro fine glitter all the way up to big chunky fleck uh, that sometimes goes into your larger bait profiles. Um, and, and once again, to answer your question, Kit, you know, a lot of it's just kind of design, try it, see, see how it fishes. Um, I'll never forget when we were early into owning of the business and going out and kind of playing with some different colors. Um, we actually have a, a chartreuse and black um, small shad profile. Uh, we, we designed a new color um, and we went up to Big Creek and we were just fishing off the handicap uh, fishing dock there. And there were probably four or five folks up there fishing that evening. And uh, it was the first time we'd even put this, this bait in the water. And my daughter literally was catching a fish one right after another. Wow. And uh, there's this gentleman was uh, on the other end of the dock. Was, he comes over, he's like, what are you guys using? What are you using? He's like, oh, she's like, you'll have to talk to my dad. It's a new bait that he just made up. 
And uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool to, you know, to see something that we created literally earlier in the day. And we took out on the water and we were out fishing guys that were using live bait that were using, you know, small little flicker shads or what have you. And we were, we were landing 12, 13 inch crappies off the, off the handicap here. And then she gave, gave him all the fish, which was pretty cool. So, but you know, one thing that we like to do, um, we're all about, you know, um, giving product and letting, letting people try stuff. So, you know, any order that people place with us, typically we throw in sample packs of multiple different things, um, kind of reflective against the, the base order so that you can get a flavor of a different type of bait that, you know, it's kind of like going down to the fireworks dealership and they, you know, you buy a bag of fireworks and they throw in some freebies and that's kind of what we do as well. So that's pretty cool, man. And it's been, it's been well received. That's good. That's good. Um, what would you say like, is your, I guess you can say what would be like the top lure sales wise, or maybe top three that, that you see a lot of, uh, fishermen request purchase and have a lot of success with. Wow. Um, we have, we have a lot. So I mean, obviously, um, it's, it's kind of reflective against the season, of course. Um, yep. you know, not only do we offer a full scale lineup of, of open water plastics, but we also have, you know, ice plastics. We've got eight, eight custom profiles in our ice plastics and they range. I think we've got 23 colors deep in all eight profiles. Wow. You know, that's a huge lineup when we go to our shows, you know, that, that display typically spans across about a 14, almost 16 foot wide by five foot tall, um, racking system that carries all of our ice fishing bait. Mm. Um, so we have some great profiles in that, um, open water. I would say if you're, you're pan fishing and, and going for crappies and bluegill, you know, we've got our, our bullets, um, which are fishing assault bullets. It's a small shad body type profile with a tapered tail. Um, I'm going to show one here. Just gotcha. So, just so everybody's uh, wondering and listening, if you haven't seen fishing salt, it just looks like a shad. It's shad shape uh, with the tail and everything. It's pretty cool. And the one he's is that what color is that? Is that reddish with uh, what kind this of? This is a brand new color. This is actually um, our assault apple with glitter bomb belly. So hmm. we haven't even, uh, one of our pro staff or field reps, uh, wanted us to start shooting that. So out of, out of a courtesy, um, <laughs> I shot some up and now everybody's going crazy for them. So, um, we'll, we'll be running some production on those here pretty soon and hopefully adding them to the site. So nice. We'll sneak peek though. <laughs> we might have to get some of that kit. And I was going to say, I don't think I've seen that color before. Yeah. So yeah. then this is our tracer. So this is more of a minnow style presentation mm. with a split tail. Um, so it has a side to side motion, but it also has the vertical presentation of the tail fluttering in the water. So both of those, those bait presentations can be, you know, cast and retrieved. They can be slow trolled. Um, I know we do a lot of trolling, um, you know, early summer we'll troll over long, uh, little rocky piers and things like that and we use a lot of the bullets and mm -hmm. um i tell you what the durability but also the action on those we we do very very well catching um even the the stripers and, and as well as crappie so yeah um 
I, I have to agree in regards to the durability uh, after our use with it. And even my brother-in-laws uh, out there in Colorado, they, they've used it and everything. Uh, uh, they, they wholeheartedly agree. Like the, the plastic that you guys create there, um, it, you don't just catch one fish and then it rips half because there's a lot of plastics that does that. And you have to read. I mean, this thing, you're right. Your you guys is uh, top quality in regards to your plastics. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I've noticed. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, that's the feedback that we, you know, continue to try to improve against our processes to make the best value products that we can, yeah. you know, and ultimately there's two different types of fishermen that we typically are catering to. You know, we've got the weekend warriors that are going out with their kids and they want to, they want to have a successful fishing outing and they don't want to break the bank. Um, so the, the everyday baits that we produce, you know, are great value for the durability, but also the action. You're not sacrificing, you know, the function of that, of that bait presentation. Then we have some different types of applications that are maybe softer profiles that are maybe more designed for your tournament, tournament type fishermen. You know, we have different durometers of plastics when we're, you know, shooting those types of baits. So um, just to kind of give you an idea, I'll show you off one of these, one of the molds as far as, and I'm just going to kind of show you, those are okay. our tracer molds. Nice. So they are essentially um, a multi-cavity mold, which allows me to um, get our plastisol up to functional temperature. And then we actually extrude those, those hot plastics into our molds um, and allows them to cool to, to form that shape. So, um, you know, it's something that it, the sky's the limit on how on on the types of molds that are available to you. Um, there's a lot of guys that are working towards making custom bait profiles, which are great. Um, a lot of times when you do that, there's a tremendous amount of initial overhead cost. Um, so a lot of these molds are, are readily available, per se, um, but they have very functional outcomes when people fish them. So. All right. So uh, here, here's my question. So like, um, you know, open water plastics is, is a fairly common uh, thing, but I feel like with ice fishing plastics are, I mean, they're, they're starting to catch on now, but there's, you know, there's, there's the diehard live bait guys. So what would you say to those guys to convince them to, you know, try out this plastic, you know, I mean, admittedly, sure. I don't use a huge amount of plastics, when I ice fish, uh, but you know, I, I, I occasionally dabble with it, but so like, let's say the diehard live bait guys for ice fishing. I think, I think honestly what has to happen is people just need to understand um, there's a time and a place. And obviously, you know, some, some days they want meat, you know, they're not, they're not wanting a chunk of plastic, but if you can start to figure into your fishing um, style or, or technique, uh, when is it appropriate to start introducing plastics um, and do it in a situation where you know you're going to have good success? You know, don't go to a brand new body of water and, and think you're going to plug, you know, you're going to pop a few holes and drop down and you're going to start landing fish. If you're on fish and you're catching fish with live bait, you know, slowly transition over to your plastic profiles and see if your, if your hookup ratios um, drop off or if they start to pick up. You know, one benefit with plastics is the fact that, you know, once you've landed or, or hooked a fish, you don't have to constantly re reset bait. You're right back on top of them. 
um, with with JB's fish sauce and our all of our plastics being infused with scent profiles, it helps mask that human scent and human odor as well as environmental odors off of your bait, um, which may be the one deciding factor as to if a fish is going to actually engage in, in, in a strike. Um, some of the other profiles that we have within JB's as well with our wax worm and some of the bait fish and Pantastic. You know, these are, we're kind of steering off from fishing assault, but um, th those products work hand in hand with plastics and they do very, very well in increasing your, your hook set opportunities. So um, I think ultimately what it comes down to is building confidence. If you don't have confidence in what you're fishing, how are you ever going to be successful out on the ice or, or open water? You know, you put forth that effort and you, and you kind of learn your techniques. A lot of times folks, when they're fishing with plastics, is they outfish the bait. Um, this, this plastic has exceptional movement. You know, the finest little twitch of your hand, the vibrations that go down your line will actually generate a significant amount of movement within that bait presentation, um, which will generate strikes. Um, that's one of our biggest selling techniques that we use when we go to ice fishing shows is we will actually take a, a, a fish tank and I have little cheap rods that I've just made up with, with poplar dowel rods and I let people play with them in the tanks. And, you know, it doesn't take them very long before they're like, holy cow, you know, our ice bikes or the, you know, the, the, the ice paddles or some of the other different profiles just playing with those and watching what kind of movement happens at your wrist and what kind of movement that generates on that bait presentation is huge. You know, oftentimes you get guys that are just jigging, jigging, jigging like crazy. <laughs> you're, you're, you're taking all of the natural, natural fluid motion of that bait out of its presentation and, and nothing in the, in the natural environment is going to present like that. Mm. So, I mean, maybe to get them to come up and show interest, but once you see them coming up on your Vexlar or on your electronics, you know, slow down that presentation and let that bait start to move. So, no, that I mean, um, I like that. that. That makes sense. Like next time when you go out, you know, use live bait and then slowly transition to the plastic and, and, and just see if the I like that. If you get more action or, or you know, more hookup set. So that's pretty That's I, I like sure. that. Well, I'll have to try you that know, more in ice season. Sure. And I, and I, I've been very fortunate to be able to fish with some really great ice fishermen and women. And, you know, those are some techniques that they've, they've shown me even along the way. Um, I'm far from a, a great fisherman by any means. I enjoy a great deal. I enjoy making bait. And I think that's probably one of the things that I find the most satisfaction from is mm. being able to put my labor of love into making bait and then having people post pictures and their success stories using our products you know, it gives me a great deal of joy to see that. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, speaking of that, what's the process of making a plastic lure? Like, okay, so there's swim baits and all this, all this stuff that you guys create and everything. What's the initial process? Cause you know, people wonder, I mean, I wondered like, okay, how the hell do you guys get, you know, the plastic to be this soft and all that, and you know, get sure. into the mold and all that stuff. Dima. So there are about four major plastisol distributors across the United States, and they make a variance of different types of drometer of plastisol. Plastisol is nothing more than the plastic, which, you know, artificial lures or baits are made out of. Okay. Um, ironically enough, when it comes in, it's about the consistency of milk. 
um, it's really pretty crazy. And in fact, you know, you mix it up and you get all the, all the different additives kind of work together and the hardeners and the softeners and what have you. Um, and, and we cook it up to temperature uh, and there's a, there's a heat transfer that happens where it congeals over from a liquid and then it turns to a gel and then it turns back to a liquid. Once it's completed that process, um, then when it cools down, it's like our plastics that we use for fishing. So um, when it goes through that, that chemical transfer, um, it's obviously an elevated temperature. So you have to handle this stuff with, with caution. You know, there's horror stories of people that, you know, shoot baits and, you know, they don't use the necessary safety precautions that are really required and they end up getting hurt very badly, you know, second and third degree burns. Um, I unfortunately have, uh, have burnt myself one time and that was one time too much. Um, and it was a situation where I was just in, a, I was in a hurry. Um, normally I wear very, uh, high, high grade, um, heat type gloves. Um, and I, I was mixing up some plastic. I threw it in the microwave to get it up to operating temp and it was a remelt or a remix. So it was already one that had made that transformation to a, a, a firm plastic. And then by heating it back up, it liquefies again. Well, it liquefies at different rates. So think about um, kind of like stabbing into a marshmallow and the center is full of liquid. That's kind of what happened. So when I stuck my, my mixing uh, rod through, it actually it, it spilled over the side and landed on my bare finger, um, which resulted in a pretty nasty burn. So. Um, but normally that doesn't happen. I mean, I take precautions and I'm very careful of making sure that I'm um, not putting myself in any risk or any harm's way. So once that change happens, then that's when I start adding in um, different colors. So if I want to do a, a watermelon red, you know, I've got different recipes. Uh, in fact, I've got, I've got a binder that's full of recipes. I also have a um, um, cork board that we have demonstrations of different types of baits that we make. So I have a sample I have in a bag, and then I also have our recipes right there. So at any point in time, when Kendra says you need to make, you know, 50 bags of watermelon red assault worms, um, I just go over, I grab my recipe. I've got my original bait profile from when we first started drafting up or making these recipes and these different color specs so that way we have consistency you know how many times have you guys been to the store you you buy the big box chain stuff and from one one bag to the next there's a huge variance of, of color you know and that's that's i i feel personally that consistency and, and fishermen come to expect a quality product that you need to make sure that you're providing that mm -hmm. um so I pride myself on trying to make my first bag the exact same as my last bag in its color presentation. Uh, and by having those, those little remnants available so that when we are making and mixing up fresh batches, I can make sure that I'm, I'm spot on with those colors. So then once the colors, you know, been set, I might add the fleck that we need, obviously watermelon red, we get our base color. Then I start adding in all the different fleck. That fleck I then mix in and it spins a little bit within the um, within our Pyrex cups. So we slowly stir those every once in a while to keep that fleck kind of elevated up in the in the plastic, or if you could say like a water column, it keeps it elevated so it's not settling to the bottom. 
Um, then we have different extruders and those extruders um, can be very small. This is a very small extruder. Okay. So if you can think about like a, a marinating injector, that's mm. kind of what these are. They have a, a rod that um, with a um, plunger system that we draw the plastic up and then there's a small uh, cone on the bottom and that's where the plastic comes out of. So we have those from three, three ounces all the way up to, I think, 13 ounce uh, single shot injector and then my dual shot injectors. So I, when I do my laminates or two-tone colors, um, that way I don't have to, I don't have to hit, you know, mix different plastics up at different rates. I just run those, those mixes through my shooting star. So, cool. and then we uh, essentially, we run those into the molds and, you know, the operating temperature is about 315 to 330 degrees, depending upon um, once you have that plastic already cured out or having that chemical change that happens, um, you shoot it into the molds and you let it cool. And then we start demolding those. And once we demold, um, if you can see those ones that we have behind me, mm-hmm. once again, I've got some, um, the new daggers that we have. And those are just hanging and curing out. So um, usually they, they will hang for about 24 hours before we then um, de-sprue those. And then we start looking at the marinating process. Uh, and then the baits sit in JB's fish sauce and that marinades into the plastics. It absorbs that in, it takes that scent profile. And then they go into packaging from there. So, you know, one thing that's a little unique and not to, not to say we're the only company out there, but we try to control all aspects of our fabrication and our, our processes. Um, as I already alluded to, we make all of our own apparel, but we also do all of our own packaging. So we do all of our own, all of our labels. Um, so we have a commercial label printer, so we can essentially redesign at a, a label at any time. If you remember, um, we had made up some custom labels for Mopop for some of the, 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 the profiles that we had made up for you guys. Um, so that's, that gives us flexibility. And I, and I think being fluid in that regard allows us to be kind of dynamic and we can change depending upon what the market needs are. So one kind of cool thing that I, I have also done, I'm, I'm kind of a tinker. So, you know, a lot of things are out there that people, you, you know, big companies are making and they sell. Um, I, I, if I can make it myself, I try to do it myself. So they have these, what they call uh, chili plates or there's, they're, they're, they go in between your molds and they allow your molds to cool off faster. So I actually made chilling plates out on my own and I bought just bar stock aluminum and I, and I drilled those all out and I put a fountain pump uh, in a five gallon bucket with actually a beer fermentation coil Nice, and that's what runs my my chiller. Yeah, and I can run circulated cool water through these molds, so that as I'm shooting high run bait production, some of these molds can start getting upwards to 250, 300 degrees pretty quick. By running those, I can keep my operating temperature of my molds down, and I never have to wait for my molds to set up. I also work in the hospital, and right next to my office is the uh, oncology and chemo suites. Well, a lot of those medications come frozen. So they have disposable coolers that they ship the stuff in. And then they have the little ice packs. Yeah. Well, all these ice packs were ending up in the landfill. So I started talking with a cleaning company. I said, when you guys see those, grab them for me and I'll, and I, I'll take them. Mm-hmm. So my, my chilling plate 
a setup. Literally, I've got probably 50 bucks invested in it. And, uh, and I saved a lot of that bad stuff going in our landfills. So that's, that's cool. No, that's good recycling idea. I love it. And you know right. that, that process that you just explained, holy shit. I had no idea that it entailed that much <laughs> work. And no, that's, it's pretty impressive though. I had no idea, man. This episode was helped brought to you by our newest sponsor, Kelowna Brewing Company. They're a brewery out there in Eastern Iowa. So if you're in the area, make sure to stop by Kelowna and check out their brewery. Great food at the restaurant there. Great beer, obviously. If you're in the Midwest, check out any Hy-Vee's. I believe they carry the six packs and they have different types of flavors. So you guys are going to want to, you know, definitely try that out. And I think throughout this whole process, Fishing Kid and myself for Beer Fish Fanatics, we're going to be doing some giveaways here and there. If you guys can go ahead and tag us here and there with your Kelowna beer. So other than that, enjoy the episode, guys. Yeah. So, and that's, like I said, that's the easy part. So Kendra does all the hard part. <laughs> You know, she's the one that is is putting labels on bags. She's the one that's loading and counting out and making sure that all the bags have the right quantities in there. Um, so that was another step that we were we were really having a difficult time with being able to fill product bags quickly because when they're when they're marinated in the JB's fish sauce, they kind of want to stick together. You know, they all stay together, um, and you don't want to touch that because then you get all of your hands. So um, we actually have cookie. Um, release the, the what you'd lay in a cookie tray when you're making cookies, those quick release Teflon trays. Ooh. We've bought a whole bunch of those and we lay those out on our workspace. And then I took a, uh, a diesel exhaust fuel filter, like one of the funnels uh-huh. and I cut it and it's, I call it her urinal. And that's what she, she runs the bait <laughs> right through and then she drops it in. So oh um, <laughs> she can, she can crank out some baits and get it into the bag pretty fast. So, but that's the tedious that's the, t- the tedious process when it comes to to the manufacturing and bagging of product so okay so uh just to recap so what's what's the time frame from when it's when your plastics that milky whatever substance to to basically when it's ready to fish what's the time frame for that um well i mean it, it, it kind of depends like I said, that day that we went up and we fished up at Big Creek, I mean, we literally shot plastics and within 45 minutes, we were out on the on fishing. I mean, a brand new color. Now that was just for PR purposes and just trying, you know, the, the testing of a, a new color. When we actually set forth and we are producing a color for resale, a production run color, the process, you know, typically from start to finish, you've got about about 24 to 28 hours um, from when we actually shoot product to when it's bagged and ready and, and hanging on the shelf ready to go. And it, it's not full manpower on time, but from start to finish, that's about what it takes. Now, if I were to shoot a package of, say, 100 bags of plastic, um, that might take me three, two hours, two and a half hours to shoot that. Um, but then they have to cure. So they'll hang for, you know, overnight and then we de-sprue those, then they marinate, um, and then they go into bagging. So, uh, it's kind of a, it, it varies from one bait profile to the next larger baits, obviously absorb more JB's fish sauce than the smaller baits do. Um, but we have, you know, kind of back to the recycling component. My aunt worked at a, at a restaurant down in Missouri 
and they they had ice cream, huge ice cream tubs. So they just gave me all their old ice cream tubs, and that's what we use for marinade tanks. Uh, so when we run from one color to the next, we'll be marinating, you know, in all these different tubs, and that's what we then uh, transfer through to go start packaging. So cool. I had to grab another beer, guys. By the way, I had to do. I, I'm doing the lubricator, by the way. So there you go. Gotta get nice and lubed. <laughs> I'm, I'm still so, working on my uh, tall boy here. Um. Actually, we were talking offline uh, before we got on really quick. Can you explain? Okay, because you told me a couple months ago about the shooting star thing, this machine that is it's a game changer. Can you explain it and show us it real quick? If you don't mind, I'm just uh, curious sure. about that thing. So the, the shooting star is an actual, it's a bait mold maker system that um, is divine, or designed by Ultra Molds. Um, and it's a, it's a company that, they actually have mixing pots. It has a, an arbor that spins, and it's kind of like me using the knife and mixing up the, the fleck. Okay. This system does it all. So I can control my temperature, but it also allows me to shoot the two-tone baits in one shot instead of having a dual injector and having to pull product out of, say, two different pirate cups. So, so all of these guys here, you can see, these are all two-tone baits. Okay. Um, if anybody follows us at uh, Fishing Assault on Facebook or goes to our website, all of those new two-tone crappie baits in the bullets and tracers are listed on the site. Um, those are all shot using this exact system. Yeah. So let me flip the camera here. So this is a shooting star. Okay. So you can see we have a left pot. And that's ran by its own control system. So I can, I can gauge or set in my, uh, you can see, I just turn, turn the unit on so you can, I can dial in my temperatures Wow. for the left pot. I can dial the temperature in for the right pot. And then they have these big mixing paddles that run off these motors. Mm -hmm. And that just keeps the, the plastics um, mixed up all the time. So say if I'm shooting stick baits or, salt bugs or something that I want high salt content in that helps keep the salt suspended in the plastic so that when I shoot it, it's, it's, it's even evenly distributed throughout the bait. So those will spin at a variance of RPMs. So it has been a game changer. Um, what used to be like when I would shoot my baby bass um, assault worms, that process would take a great deal of time. Um, I can shoot probably seven to one with the shooting star. Wow. I mean, it has cut my time. It, it's just, it's a game changer. So, gotcha. and, and they're pretty expensive, but it's an investment back into the business, their business. And it really came down to the fact where, you know, it was getting to the point where we were busy enough that we had to make a decision. Are we going to invest into this business to make it run better and be bigger than what it is now? Or are we at a point where it's becoming such a time consumer, we need to walk away. Mm. And, and then that's when we ultimately made the decision to go ahead and purchase one. So oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Now um, on those machines and everything, cause okay. Is there like leftover plastics and stuff in there? And then I'm just curious, how do you clean that? Does it harden or, I mean, I'm just, it does that... harden. Okay. It does. And you know, there's a, like when I'm changing colors, 
Yeah. Um, I, I do a complete strip down on that and I clean out all the different little ports and make sure that I don't have any legacy or residual plastics in there okay. because I don't want to cloud or compromise my next run. Yeah. Um, and, and once again, it still comes back down to taking the extra time and taking pride in the product that you're producing. A lot of guys don't clean them out. They just dump new plastic in and away they go. And, and you'll see that periodically in, in other folks' bait sometimes where you'll have a straggler color fleck in a bait that's not supposed to have fleck in it. So um, I don't like that. I like my ladder lines to be perfectly straight. I like everything to be crisp and clean. And, you know, I know it's, it's not so much that the fish care, but, you know, it comes back down to the fact that you want to make a, pro- a quality product uh, and, and be proud of what you're doing. So I can respect that. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, there it, it's a time-consuming process when you're shifting from color to color. But like I'm running, I run 16 cups of plastic at a time now. So you know, before I was I was heating up two cups of plastic and shooting bait, and two cups of plastic and shooting bait. Now it's like when I'm ready to run, that that uh, peg system up here, this will be full all the way across. I mean, that will be. Um, in fact, I can shoot. Uh, with my with the bullets and tracers, I can shoot 128 bags of each profile in one setting. Wow! And then I, I on a weekend between myself and my brother, or if my son's over here helping or what have you, it's kind of a family affair. Once again, um, we might shoot three different color profiles. So at any given time, we could be popping through three to four gallons of plastic in one day. And then the next day we're, we're bagging stuff or Kendra's, you know, working on that process along the way. So, so, um, I guess this is for, uh, for our listeners that don't have a visual, are you in your basement or is this your garage? I am in my basement. So because of the fumes of what Plastisol typically emits, um, you need to have a highly ventilated area. Mm. You know, if anybody was ever, start dabbling and making their own baits or even attempting to get into a business environment, making baits. Um, first and foremost, it's a very time consuming process. It <laughs> takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of money on the startup because molds are not cheap. I mean, they range, you know, some of my molds are almost $400 a piece. Um, so those are things that people don't figure into cost when they buy one bag of bait. You know, oh, it's two fifty a bag. Well, that two fifty helps pay for those those molds and helps pay for our, you know, our upkeep and on all and all that stuff. But nevertheless, kind of going back to your question, if somebody's going to do this, they need to be in a highly ventilated area. In which I have two vent hoods that when I'm mixing plastic, it's directly underneath that vent hood and it pipes it right outside. So, yeah, I've I've seen on YouTube people making like. Yeah, because they, they put the gas mask on and everything. It's like, damn, I, didn't, I had no idea. But it makes sense, though. I mean, you with plastic is heating up and it's chemicals all mixed. So yeah, definitely. Make- and really what it comes down to, it's it's the conditioners. So the plastic, the plastic salt itself alone um, has different durometer states, I guess you could say. Some mm-hmm. plastics are really firm. Some are very soft. Plastisol is actually used in a multitude of different applications. A lot of the foams that are used in your carpet are made with plastisols. Bumpers for cars are made with plastisol. 
I mean, the tool dips that everybody thinks about and dip the handle in, that's a form of plastisol. Um, I'm very fortunate that my distributor is very close um, and, and we've got a great relationship. Whenever we go down, he takes us through the plant. You know, we, we shoot the breeze for a while. Um, just a great, great, another small business. But um, it, it's, it's neat to be able to see the process and, and give feedback to say, hey, I need this to be like this. Can you help me? And then we develop some different strains of plastic that may be more suitable than others or, you know, recommendations on how we, how we get our plastics to perform differently than say somebody else's. So, yeah. Um, I just quick question, like, so what makes some of the plastics out there and whatever plastics, like it rips so easily and then others are longer. Is there, does it cost more or something to make the, the plastic, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes yeah. when the fish catch, you catch one fish and it's done durability sure. yeah durability so like, sorry yes. all right kit durability some of those <laughs> you know once again and, it, and like i said earlier in the in the podcast here was you know we make baits that kind of tailor to both 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 uh the tournament angler but also the weekend warrior the tournament guys they might go through 75 to 100 sinkos in a tournament and they Jeez. don't even think twice about it yeah. um where a weekend warrior if they blow through a bag of 10 of them and they're tearing out, they're, they're ticked off, you know, um, because the, the value added, where, where's the value at, you know, the angler that's going for a paycheck, they don't care because that, that tear in, in one Cinco might be the, the deciding factor on if they get a fish to hit the, hit the hook or not. Um, so it is a real fine balance between finding a plastic that performs with the durability factor but also has that natural movement or that fluidness. And I, and that's where I, I have spent a lot of time kind of crafting my blends to meet that requirement. Gotcha. Um, but you know, everybody has a different flavor and kind of a different expectation. You know, you go, you go buy the, the, the finesse worms at, at Walmart that are on the bottom shelf that are floating plastic. And it's like a, a pencil. <laughs> I mean, they're so firm. Right. You know, but you know, it, it is what it is. And some people have good success with that. Some don't, but I, I think people get a confidence level built with a certain, you know, expectation within their plastics and the bait that they use. And, and that's what they tend to gravitate to. So um, I, I would hands down say, I would put my Cinco's up next to about any major company out there. And I would say the durability factor as well as the, the, um, the fluidness in that motion uh, is equal to, if not better. Well, I'm, a little, uh, I'm kind of biased though. <laughs> Actually your singles are the only singles that I'd use. I mean, <laughs> granted, I'm not the biggest bass fisherman on earth, but when I go sure. bass fishing, I, I just like, okay, I'm put on this fishing assault worm. I don't even call it Cinco's. That's how that's how much fast fishing I do. It's a worm. We, we don't we don't call them Cinco's either. They're yeah. they're salt worms. Right. There, there you go. We don't call them Cinco's. We're like, what's a sink? It's a worm. What, so where did that word come from, anyways? Cinco. Cinco's? Yeah. You know, I the I don't know if it had something to do with um, some of the manufacturers out there. That's what they branded it off as. Um, obviously, Gary Yamamoto's, they're, they're Cinco's. They're trademarked on some of that stuff. Um, so 
I don't I don't know the the history behind that. I should, but I don't. All right, we're gonna do this. Any listener follower, give us the re- the the reading behind Cinco. Um, I'll send you guys a beer fish fanatics koozie, and I'll send them uh, also a, a plastic from fishing assault. So if somebody can explain where the heck Cinco came from, the first person who does that, who comments on the YouTube channel and everything, I'll, I'll send them something. There you go. I don't know. I don't. I don't have. I don't want to Google it. I'm too lazy. Yeah, plastic. <laughs> plastic worm is what I call it because yep. that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, all but right. So, there's a, kit. There's all different types of plastic worms. So, oh, so oh, that's true. I know, right? So, Very how true. many? How many of you guys are actively fishing Ned rigs right now? Right now or last year, <laughs> or just in general? I mean, do you? Is that a bait presentation that you guys? go for i actually oh. first okay so fishing kit myself we don't fish for largemouth bass last sure. last year i bet I, I would say last two years i've actually an attempting and i've tried and i've actually been successful last year was the first year i've actually my whole fishing life i've tried using a ned rig and it freaking worked um i, I forgot what lake or pond i was it was local in altoona and it almost was every cast. My cousin was with me and he was like, what the heck are you using? My cousin, Jimmy, he was right next to me. He's like, what are you using that? You know, I was getting every bite and it was the Ned rig. It was a Ned rig. And I was like, first time, sure. I, ever tri- first time I ever tried it. And then I kid you not, every time I go back to that same pond, I, <laughs> that's the only freaking lure I try, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there, there's a lot of guys and there's some great YouTube videos out there right now um guys that are are fishing ned rigs for walleye and they will slow troll ned rigs um 1.1 1.2 miles an hour and they usually use just the standard ned rig jig um, but they're holding it high enough in the water column that either they're going to hit smallmouth or they're going to hit uh walleyes and and they do very very well Corey and i went up to malax and we actually fished up there uh, and we caught quite a few uh, walleye, and he caught a, some pretty nice uh, smallmouth bass too. But um, you know, it's just kind of changing up your mindset on how you how you target different species and what bait works for different occasions. You know, we've got our um, assault bugs, which are uh, essentially a cross style type uh, uh, lure that can be fished five different ways. You know, all of our plastics are floating based plastics, so. You know, when you're popping that that jig, it's going to stand straight up and you got, you know, all the little tentacles and all the legs that are popping out. And, you know, that allows um, those those bass that are cruising the weed lines, they come down and hit it, you know. So so we're always we're always trying to find, you know, new presentations, new molds uh, or profiles that we feel would have a strong following from our local you know market. Uh, and, and folks that are, we're so gracious that they support what we do and allows us to, you know, continue to do the things that we do, but even, you know, in other, other, other states that are, are actively buying products as well, trying to find baits that are, um, kind of commonplace, I guess you could say, uh, we've actually recently started dabbling a little bit, um, I've got a, a new 3D printer, so I'm going to be playing with some some prototype designs here pretty soon, and we'll see what comes from that. So make sure, make sure that's let, us, whole, let us know. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's just kind of, it, 
it just kind of illustrates how things morph, you know, what started off as a small little thing. Now we've got our own bag production. We've got our printing. We've got a 3D printer. We're working on, on prototypes. And uh, so, it, you know, but that's the thing. I think, you know, we are very blessed and very fortunate to live in the United States that gives us the freedoms to do what we want. And, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that I tried to exp explain to my son was, you know, anything you put your mind to, you can do. The only person that's going to put limitations on you is yourself. And if you can go at anything that you do with that approach, you, you can be successful. And, you know, sometimes we fail. Sometimes we don't get quite the results that we're looking for. But nevertheless, it was a learning opportunity. and We continue to grow from it. So nice. Yeah, that's a good message. When do you ever get out the fish, man? I don't. Not nearly as much as I want to. So Kendra was just telling me she's having a garage sale this weekend. So I don't know if anybody saw her post come through. Um, I actually have a business meeting this weekend that I have to go to for my real job. But um, <laughs> Sunday, I might try to get out and fish a little bit. And then next week, and we'll, we'll be heading down to, to Red Rock, try to try to hit some of those, those uh, big Red Rock slab crappies. In fact, I ran into you, Kit, out there last year, didn't I? Yep, out at... Uh... Well, I don't want to drop the name, but uh, <laughs> in that cove, in that cove, yeah, that one cove. So, yeah, yeah I remember seeing like, man, this boat's like come flying at to like towards me, like, uh, what's going on here? And it's like, oh, yep. it's Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw your truck parked down there on the beach, kind of. I was like, that's Kit. We'll head over <laughs> and say hi. So, right. Bye. So yeah, speaking of fishing, so what's what's what is your target species, Clayton? You know, I, I personally, because of the fact that I have limited amount of time to fish and I am one that I harvest a lot of what I catch, um, it, permitting that it's a species of choice. My ultimate is, is crappie and walleye. Those are what I target. Um, my son, on the other hand, when I, when I sold my, my bass boat and I got a crappie or a, a walleye boat, uh, he was very upset. <laughs> so um my fishing style has changed a great deal in over the years and you know as i have kind of i guess started to relax a little bit more in in my life um i'm all about sitting under the bimini top with the eye pilot going and i got six lines out and i'm slow troll <laughs> <laughs> got a beer in my hand and we're just sitting back waiting for drag to start pulling so uh, right. where cooper cooper would rather be you know cruising shoreline and and flipping up to the shore and trying to catch the ditch pickles but so <laughs> hey when he can afford a boat he can he can choose one boat <laughs> that's exactly right so but no I, i'd say that's probably you know i enjoy that um and and i think my my passion really comes down more towards the the crappie uh, just for the fact that, you know, a lot of my business and, and being a little bit more creative and color profiles um, tend to gravitate more in the panfish community than they do in your bass fishermen. Um, you know, you got a lot of the natural tendency, natural tones and things like that in, in bass fishing um, where I can be a little more creative. So, yeah, if, if there was a color out of your lineup, you know, what? What color, like, if you had to pick one color for crappies, what color would it be? You, you, by the way. <laughs> so it is a brand new color, and I and I can't I, I can't say that it's it's 
effective yet because I haven't even had a chance to fish it yet. But it's our new Arctic rain. So if you can see that, it's a pearl belly with a blue and it has a very micro fine purple fleck and black fleck on the top. Um, I think for the fact that it could be fished in, in, in overcast or it could be fished on a sunny day. Um, it has a close enough lateral line and color hue that would match any type of shad. Um, and I think it would work really phenomenal. So I, I'm excited to get out and fish that one here probably next weekend. So that'll be one of the target baits that I'll be, I'll be starting off with, and then we'll make adjustments along the way. So okay. I might have to put an order in that, that thing. So it, people are listening. It, it looks pretty like that's going to catch some fish. I guarantee I, yeah. I can almost guarantee you that that's, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so as of this recording, uh, we'll probably release this in, what, like two or three weeks, I would say. Yeah. Uh, we're coming up on the crappie spawn. It'll be perfect. So, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. So this right here is the one I was saying that my daughter and I made. Oh. And that one there is actually called Twisted Sister. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Um, and that, that has been a go-to bait, um, and has worked very well. And then our, another new one that I'm excited to, to fish is actually called our twisted X and it's a, Ooh. it's like a black and pinkish. Is that pink kind of? Yep. But it also has a blue shimmer powder. So the belly, depending upon how you can Ooh, see that. See oh yeah, 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 yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So depending nice. upon how the light. Uh, reflections are, are permeating through the water column you'll get that blue hue that will pop out occasionally too so that's nice. another one that i'm excited to fish um so we were fortunate enough when we were at um at the ice institute in sioux falls south dakota this last year um had the opportunity to speak and talk with the dh custom rods mm -hmm. um and we worked and, and kind of came up with some some pretty cool profiles and we're in both both dh north and south shops uh we've got 15 custom colors in their shop um and those are those are a couple of them so nice but, nice yeah that, that was pretty cool how does how how the the sun will well the light will reflect pretty pretty cool on that one yeah so, so you don't see a lot of that kind of that yeah. that that hue powder is what they classify or high hue low powder, powder. gotcha okay. so, so you All don't right. get out and test out these because you can make an excuse to say, you know, Kendra, kids, I got to go and test and for like it's five not hours. So much, it's, it's not so much Kendra. It's my day job that affects. Gotcha. So my day job, I, I'm an orthotist. So um, I specialize in kids. I reshape their heads. So I, <laughs> I'm a, I, I fit helmets for kids with deformational plagiocephaly. So, yeah. That's pretty wow. cool. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what's what's your go-to walleye? Since you said walleye is your other favorite species, yeah, I've got. Well, I'm starting to do the Ned rigs, um, and and having some pretty good success on those. Uh, we also have a small 3.5 ripper um, swim bait, uh, which I believe Mapa picked up some of that. So you guys, you know, we'll get a flavoring of that in in some of your guys' offerings. Um, so those are a good profile. We also have a three-inch uh, twister twister tail grub, um, which if you're, depending upon type of year, 
those can work pretty, be pretty successful too. Um, we do a lot of bottom bouncers. Um, that seems to be pretty effective as well. Uh, we haven't had, had a great opportunity to get out and fish a whole lot. My, my boat, um, last year at our family reunion camp out decided to go on the fritz. And I don't know if my water pump pulled some sand when I was beached. Um, but I, I just got the lower unit rebuilt and I got it on the muffs over the weekend and it's been running pretty good. Um, so hopefully we we don't have boat problems this year and we can put more time in on the water. So, right. but you can always well, get a kayak. Yeah. I was going to make my case for a kayak here. I know. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we, Kendra and I have kayaks and it was a purchase that was made uh, when we were younger and probably in a lot better shape than we are now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we have, we have put in over at uh, the soccer fields uh, over on the river and we've tried to paddle up towards the dam and come back. Um, and we've, we've done that a couple of times, but um, we take it down and we do the, we kayak at the family reunion as well. It's a, mm. it's a week long camping fishing trip that we, we do every year. I think we're on our 37th year this year. Wow. So, that sounds fun. I know. Yeah. We have on average about 50 of us camp for a week so it's a it's a lot of fun with covid last year changed things up quite a bit we were still able to get together but not in the same capacity uh we went down to rathbun normally we're down in macon missouri let's see here so here is our our black and blue salt bug and i'll just pull one out so you guys can see and and kind of talk through it's like a savage craw but essentially you've got, you know, the ribbed body, mm -hmm. you have, you know, three legs on each side, essentially as it sits through the water, it's landing like this. You can split this back. Okay. You can see that. Mm -hmm. So then those will stand up on their own. You can go farther and split mm. even. So it's kind of hard to see that, but. Um, so that's probably one of my, you know, for flipping, you know, and, and jigging, this is probably one of my number one profiles that I enjoy fishing. Um, I don't fish a whole lot of bass, but, uh, Coop does, and he, he loves it. And, uh, you know, our assault, assault worms too, are probably, um, from a durability standpoint, I think the best value, uh, and, and everybody can catch bass with, with Senkos or our salt bugs or worms i mean so <laughs> I, I think that's why i use them <laughs> <laughs> but like i said the, the ned rigs are, are gaining in popularity you know this is uh our midnight munchie oh. if you guys can yeah you can see that's pretty cool so it's actually um it's a swirl and it's black with kind of a june bug uh with green fleck those are pretty popular, um, and we have those in the the Senkos or the Assault Worms. We also have those in Ned Rigs. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's endless what we can make. Um, I have folks all the time that reach out and say, hey, can you shoot, shoot a custom color for me? Um, and I can, as long as it's, you know, it's, it's a high enough volume. If, if it's one bag, it's not really worth my time. 
I make, I mix up more plastic and waste it than I, and then I do, um, you know, <laughs> based off of what I'm getting paid for them. So right. I, I would, another thing that, you know, aside from the chilling plates that I was talking about, another thing that has made my life, um, so much easier is I actually ran a, a, a pneumatic, uh, vice. So I have, um, I have a huge air compressor out in my garage and I just piped in with, with, um, quarter inch plastic like water line for your ice maker all the way out to my garage and it runs my my air vice now hmm. so if you guys let me see here if anybody has ever worked around air vices i'm sure they they will recognize this noise but so i set my my molds in there oh Whoa. so the old days this is what i would vice molds together with so by the time i got done shooting i don't know 10 cups of plastic my hands were cramping just from using those those vices so yeah you know, to be able to run a pneumatic air vice it's it's really increased my productivity exponentially so that's pretty you know, cool. you know we make advancements along the way all the time you know always trying to find new ways and, and better ways of doing things so Yep. No, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna have to get Kit onto Ned rigs this year. So I don't know if he's ever used a Ned rig because he doesn't. I told you he doesn't really fish for bass. So sure. See, see him out. I'll, I'll get you some Kit. Don't worry. Okay. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get okay, you. Okay. Before before we get too far, I've been uh, in the back of my mind like, huh, Ned rig. Huh. What? Okay. So what what are they talking <laughs> about? So what's the difference between a Ned rig and let's say your regular assault worm? I know Ned rigs. They're typically shorter. Are you just taking that worm, cutting it in half, or is there certain nope. like I specific have, plastics? It's actually called the Midwest finesse rig, is what the the bait mold profile is. Uh, but it has it has its own mold, um, and these are I don't know the lighting's not really the best, but ah, it's okay. Okay. So for so, those for those listening, it's basically like a shorter worm. Yeah, it's it's just under two and three quarters of an inch long. And you got to so, use a special hook for it too, kid. There's a Ned rig. Hook. Yeah, you actually have to use a Ned rig hook. So, but that's what I'm saying. You know, we were slow trolling <laughs> with Ned rigs and Ned rig hooks, and we were catching, you know, we were catching walleye and, and smallmouth. Nice. So, okay. Um, so, go ahead. I'll get kid on that this year. He's he's I'm I'm gonna make sure he catches something on that this year. He's gonna well, go. Well, I know that crawlers is uh pretty popular with walleyes because yeah. you know it's one of their forge and a Ned rig makes sense. They're kind of like worm looking things and you you fish them pretty close to the bottom, if not on the bottom, right? Well, like I said, we were pulling them up higher in the water column. I would say they mm. were probably eight we were in 16 17 foot of water and we were probably pulling through at maybe eight to ten wow. and we were we were hitting hmm. them so but that's a that that body of water up there is you know that's a whole different beast i mean it's it fishes <laughs> completely different than anywhere else that we would be fishing local so um there are a lot of guys that fish ned rigs in the river, river though for walleye so wow. You know, and it's all kind of how you present it. And depending upon how heavy of a, a Ned rig jig or a, uh, that you use, obviously you can bounce it and pop it up. 
-hmm. and there's enough current that you're going to get it to rise up in the water column too so there you go well yeah on to number two Oh, number two. Nice. <laughs> so with the Ned Rig jig, uh, it's it's kind of like pointing up a little bit, isn't it? Is it's that right? It's actually a completely um, flat nose, and it's got a um, bait keeper on it, and then the hook just comes, it's like that. So it's, I don't know, it's like, uh, I wish I had one down here. I don't. I got you, Kit. It's like, it, it looks like a cap. Okay, so yeah. the, 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 the top of it, the the... That weight of it, it looks like a cap, like a like a baseball cap with no bill. Okay, that's what exactly what it looks like. So imagine sure. your hat right now with no bill. No, seriously. So that that's that's the weight, and then the hook, and then you have something that hold, and then they have that the little bait hook, uh, little bait that keeps the net rig on. That's what. It so is. when it, when it's in the water, it kind of points up, right? Like the pretty much the, the yeah. Ned, yeah yeah the Ned part is that the Ned part? <laughs> I don't know is that the what the worm's called? Is it called a Ned? <laughs> Or is the jig called a Ned? Is it called Ned? I don't know. (laughs) Is it called a Ned? I don't know. It's called the Ned. Okay. (laughs) There you go, man. Oh, man. Too funny, dude. Hey, hey, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's like two listeners that don't know that. I'm with you. I told you. I just, I I caught fish last year with it. That was the first time I actually tried with it. So I'm getting you on it this year, man. So we'll we'll make it happen, man. Yeah. One one of my buddies, uh, you know, Addy. All he throws is Ned Rick. We're oh, in the really? river, Ned Rig. We're at a lake, Ned Rig. He caught a crappie on a Ned Rig, and we call him Ned Rig Addy. <laughs> Ned Rig. Oh, shout out to Addy, Ned Rig Addy. <laughs> I don't think he knows that we call him that, but if he's he listening, now. now he knows. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, man. All right. He's man. catching fish, though, isn't he? He yeah, is. He that's is. true. Can't, you, can't, you can't complain about that when you, when you catch fish, man. Okay. Um. Other than that, man, I mean, holy cow, dude, we've been talking for over an hour. Um, I have learned a lot about plastics. I, I mean, I honestly, I had no idea the, the whole process and everything that's, you know, entails behind it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Kit, you got anything else for Clayton just uh, before he leaves uh, or we take off? Because we, man, we've been talking for over an hour. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Clayton, if, if, if uh, our audience wants to contact you or if they want to order some baits, where can they go? Where can they get a hold of you? So they can go follow us on Facebook first and foremost. We're also on Instagram. Um, so it's just fishing assault. And then our, our actual uh, website is at www.fishingassault.com. And we have our full lineup of all of our bait. Uh, we have apparel that's available for purchase as well. Um, so we can customize things. We can do all kinds of different stuff. So um, definitely swing on over, check out our site. Um, give us a like on Facebook and Instagram, and we'd love the opportunity to win some business from from local folks, but as well as you know, folks across the United States. So, cool, man! Thank you so much, Clayton, for the information and the time that you know you really helped uh, you know explain stuff to us. Because, like I said, we we had no idea what goes behind that. Uh, and then on top of that, I think, like I said, you guys got an amazing product there. Uh, so everybody go check them out. We'll definitely put the links to everything in the show notes. Uh, and then on top of that, don't forget, tell us where the heck Cinco came from. Why is it not just called a freaking worm? And like I said, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send a, a beer fish fanatics koozie. I'll send you guys comment below and I'll also send a, a pack it, it, of fish. We'll, we'll throw, we'll throw in a couple packs of Ned rigs. There, there you go. <laughs> Ned, Ned's the Ned's love it. So other than that, man, thank you so much, Clay. I appreciate it, man. 
Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Clayton. <laughs>